roasted. <laughs> All right, well, we'll pray and, uh, and ask the Lord to bless our time. Uh, Father, uh, we ask as we come to you, um, Father, that you would teach us. Father, that you would open our hearts uh, to whatever you would want to say to us today. Um, each of us is coming into this room from a different place, uh, that we have different things going on. Uh, we have different uh, struggles and different victories. Uh, but Father, the thing that uh, you're going to teach us um, about resting consistently uh, is something that all of us need to hear. And Father, I pray that our hearts uh, really would be open, uh, Father, to uh, your truth and where our life needs to bend around that. And so, Lord, we, uh, we acknowledge your authority in our lives, and we ask that you would teach us and that our hearts would be receptive. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So, um, so we're finishing up uh, the, our uh, summer, and what we've been trying to talk about is um, what it would look like for the church to uh, be mobilized. And so what that means is, so uh, it, as you've grown up in different situations, um, if you've grown up in church at any, uh, during any part of your life, you notice that a lot of uh, what uh, the church activity is gathering together. Uh, and there are things that we go do out in the community, uh, but very seldom uh, does the church see itself as the church, right? The church gathers, it's not we don't go to church, right? And so Monday, uh, Monday through Saturday, the church scatters. And so what does it look like for the church, right, to be mobilized uh, during the week? And so the different topics that we've been talking about are helping us wrap our heads around what it would look like for us to be the tip of the spear, right? In my workplace, in my family, in my apartment, um, out on the streets, what would it look like for me to be able to do the things that the church is supposed to, be, supposed to do? Right, as I meet people and value people, as I learn about where they are spiritually, as I seek to evangelize them, as I meet uh, folks that are unconnected that I seek to disciple, then I'm not trying to bring them to somebody else, but I'm needing to learn those skills so that I can be the church out there. In the last four weeks, we've been talking specifically about, well, what does it look like to order my life appropriately? All of you have vastly different schedules, vastly different personalities, vastly different struggles about what your day-to-day -day looks like and what it should look like. And so I thought it would be helpful uh, for us, and it's been helpful for me to think about, what does the Lord require of me? What does it look like for me to have a well-ordered life under God? And so as we've been talking about uh, these things that we need to do to move towards that, right, accepting responsibility for uh, the different stewardships that he's given us, right, to invest and participate in spiritual community, uh, to abide in Jesus, and this last one is to rest consistently. And so uh, anybody, uh, anybody think that they rest really well? And if you raise your hand, do so proudly, uh, and we'll, we'll differentiate between what we think rest is and what it actually is. <laughs> um, so that, but anybody think that they rest well in here? Be proud. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. And we'll, we'll ask at the end if you still think once we define kind of what that looks like. Great, great. So as you struggle with this, you know, uh, there are people that can talk to you about, um, about doing this. All right, so my first question to you is, all right, how many of you have been in the situation where you're driving, minding your own business, and you see a cop, okay? 
What is your first thought? You may not be speedy. You may not be late for anything, okay? But, but what happens, right, when we see the cop? Is it, right, you pump the brakes? <laughs> Regardless, like, I'm, you pump the brakes, you're like, wait, I was going 20. <laughs> you just instinctively, when you see the cop, you're like, oh, dang, I need to, I need to slow down. Um, so first off, what, what is it, uh, why do we do that, right? Why is that our first inclination versus like, hey, man, I'm glad you're out here. Good to see you, right? <laughs> so, so, uh, so my first question would be to you, if, uh, if Jesus is sitting in a cop car and he's got the radar gun pointed at your life, right, what would, what would the readout be? Right, so if, so if Kitty's life is, is, she's living her life as fast or as slow or as whatever the pace looks like, and he hits her up with the, it's like, what would it say? Man, she's doing pretty good. Or like, hey, she needs to slow down. Or, hey, does she know what she's doing? And so the question I want to ask you is kind of uh, assessing, right, what does that look like? If you turn the gun on yourself, what does it say? Am I, am I just, uh, am I going as fast as I can? Am I just trying to make it work? Right, what is his judgment of me? And so today we're going to look um, at uh, this concept, but I want us to think about it in the terms of doability. Right, we've hopefully heard some teaching, right, on uh, the Sabbath, but what I want you to do is think in mind is how can I move from where I am today to being able to rest, right, or stop, as the word uh, is also translated, more consistently than you do right now. Is that something that, would, that your life would be better for? Yes? How would your life improve if you developed the discipline of stopping your work? How would your life improve if you developed the discipline of spending time playing and enjoying those you do life with? How would your life improve if you developed the discipline of reflecting on your blessings, what God says is truth, or God's character? And so we want to uh, kind of put in front of you have three practices that I think what it means to rest consistently uh, moving forward. The first one is, you need to stop your work. How many of you struggle with that? Like, I just need to, to not work on that. And this includes the stuff around the house. Right, hey, I, my, my nine to five, right, is done, or my schoolwork is done, but I've got, uh, I got dishes to wash, I got clothes to uh, launder, I've got uh, vacuuming, I've got grass to mow, Right? And so as we factor that in, uh, we, you know, when do we stop? Right? Do we stop? Uh, oftentimes I thank the Lord when I get sick <laughs> because I'm like, this is good for me <laughs> to, to not do, to not achieve, right? To not push, to not work. Right? But oftentimes, are you, are you like me that he has to kind of 
get you sick to get you to stop sometimes? You're talking about resting in our work, not Correct, I am. We'll distinguish that in just a second. So the second thing is stopping your work, right? Not the Lord's work. Uh, the second thing is playing. Uh, have you, uh, when's the last time you watched some children play? Right, sometimes it's uh, anxiety inducing, what's happening, it's so loud, there's so much going on. But what, uh, but what is, when you get past that, uh, what is, what do you see uh, in children that we miss so often? Go ahead, this is freely. Yeah. 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 So the carefree fun, right? There's not. They're not thinking about what they need to do next. They're just enjoying each, uh, one another, right? Doing whatever, running and screaming and flailing their arms. So playing needs to be a part of our lives, right? It, it is life-giving. It is deciding to do something, right? That we um, that is good for us. And lastly, uh, reflecting on blessings, truth, and God's character. So a lot of times when we stop work, right, we are trying to catch up on sleep. Yes? We try to catch up on that which we determine is not work, right, which is laundry, grocery shopping, right, errands, those types of things. <clears throat> but how much are we doing the things that are actually refreshing to us? Why is when you go away to like on a spiritual retreat, why is that so good? What are you doing all weekend? You're worshiping the Lord. You're in scripture. You're, you're being encouraged by people that you really, really like. You're playing, right? Basically, you're practicing Sabbath for an entire weekend and you come back and you are ready to go. So let's turn to Exodus 20, verses 9 through 11. We're going to look at um, the, the two commandments, and they're told in different ways. And we're going to talk about what, he, um, about what his command uh, is to us. So if you've never, um, if you've never uh, studied the Ten Commandments, I want you to think of of the Ten Commandments, the more better translated uh, 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 God's Ten Words, right? It is His Word to us, and what it does is it regulates uh, His relationship with us, right? His covenant. And so to adhere to or be obedient to um, God's words, right, is to, obedient, to be obedient to relationship with Him. He's saying, this is what it means to image me well, and so when we think about this particular um, uh, commandment or word from the Lord, right, it's important to um, put that into context. And so think about all the things that you may be used to, and you've read this one, but we want to we look at it specifically. Um, and so verse 9 uh, of Exodus chapter 20. The Lord says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, of the Lord your God. 
In it you shall do, uh, not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and then all those in them, and rested on the seventh day. And therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. I want you to spend just a, a couple minutes around your table uh, asking uh, two things about this particular scripture. Okay? What is he asking you to do? Okay, plainly, so Sabbath is rest. This is a rest that's set aside for you. Okay? What is he asking you to do and why? So verse 11, he's giving a reason that he gives here when we look at uh, the same, uh, the re-giving of the law in Deuteronomy. He's going to give a different reason, but I want you to give, take about the reason. So what is he asking you to do and what's the reason he gives for doing it? So take a minute to kick that around your table. All right. Okay, so um, in the Exodus uh, 29 through 11, uh, what uh, is he telling us to do, right, and why? So who wants to, who thinks they, uh, feels really good about their answer? All right, what about, what about down here? What do you think? What is he telling us to do? One day a week, stop the work. Does he say that's just for us? What else does he say in that verse? So, excellent, fairly straightforward. But he includes some other people in that that I want us to make sure that we're aware of. It's, it's there in the scripture. People you're responsible for, right? Things in your life that you uh, can make work as well. So oftentimes, as you get older, uh, if you have a business or whatever, like with Andy, when, like when you're working, right, other people are working, right? If I'm busy around my house, other people are busy around my house, right? So the command is to be aware, right, that that dynamic exists, right? That if you work, I need you to make, understand that as you're stopping your work, you're not like, well, I'm resting, but you guys keep the mechanation going. He's like, no, I need you to have them stop also. Whoever you're responsible for, you need to hold them to the same standard, Right? So, uh, but why? Why does he, what's the reason he gives in verse 11? What'd you guys think? The Lord rested on the day. Okay. So he's saying, I want you to join me uh, in communion on this day. So it is a, uh, a creation mandate. So he's saying, the reason I ask you to rest is because I have rested from my work as I did in creation. The creative process, I've stopped. And what I want you to do is I need you to stop that too and join me. Because as we do that, we're recognizing God's authority over us. We recognize our likeness in him. Right? But we also need to see that, that is in, uh, that's the place right, that he wants to meet us. That we recognize that that's time that he's set aside for himself and for us, right? To feel... Uh, if we've never, haven't been able to do that, to find that rest in him throughout the week, I need you to be refreshed here. We need rest. Every day we sleep, right, once a week, right, he, he makes us stop, or he wants us to stop. Seven weeks out of a calendar year to the Jewish people, they held festivals, which are basically week-long Sabbaths. Right? God cares about this in our rhythms. 
But it's not, it's not uh, like you want it and you need it. It's just a point of, okay, well, how do I wrap my head around actually doing it? And this is for me as well. I struggle in the exact same ways that you do. Particularly if we like our work. <laughs> it's really, really hard to stop. And if you don't, it's really easy. That's a different conversation. So let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 5, 13 and 15. So Deuteronomy is a second law. So this is the time where he shares with the children of the people that were led um, out of Egypt in Exodus. This is the second generation. These people have not heard the law given from Sinai. And so Moses addresses the people and he gives them the law again before they go into the promised land. And so this is the reason why the Decalogue exists twice. And so in the first time as he shares the instruction, he gives the reminder right to be right like the Father. Rest like I've rested. But here... And six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, your ox, your donkey, or any cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you, so that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. And verse 15, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So the second thing that he adds, right, a different reason. is those ones that we need to remember that our life is not all work, that we are like him, right? And he asks us to join us in that work. The second time, he reminds the people of Israel that they are under slavery, right? And so he's asking them to join the Sabbath to remember their freedom. And I think what we do well to understand the tension between both of those things, right? Right, that you think that you are defined by your work, right? And yet there's also, and so we need to break free from that, right? But there's also this place that you are under bondage in this world. And that things that are, there are things that are hard. And that, and that we need to remember, right, what does he say? That you were a slave, right? That you were without Christ, but that with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, he has redeemed you, right? He has saved you. He has changed your trajectory, right? He has changed your, uh, he has changed your eternity. And he wants you to remember that as you rest in the freedom that he has brought you. And so our resting really is a tension between both of those things that we need to remember, that we stop, right, for different reasons. Turn with me to Luke 10, 38-42. So this is the story of um, Mary and Martha. And 38 begins like this. Now they were traveling along, and he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations as she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that your sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. And the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. 
Sorry to change slide. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. So if you've heard the scripture taught before, there's many, uh, applic- uh, there's many ways that this is helpful reminder uh, right to us. What I want you to see is from Mary's perspective about what she has chosen and about uh, specifically what we need to choose when we choose to keep a Sabbath. Okay? So because this is our dilemma always, right? There are many things to do. <laughs> always and at all times, particularly if you like your work, particularly if you um, enjoy kind of keeping things in good order, particularly if you like being a good steward, right, as I do, right? I want, I want to take care of my responsibilities well. But we have here really a glimpse of Sabbath in the midst of the turmoil and hustle and bustle of life. And we have a conversation which maybe even if you have thought about a Sabbath that maybe you think that somebody will have with you. How do you have time to do that? <laughs> like, isn't that, it's like going on vacation. It's like not like the work goes away. You come back to more work, right? That is our American mindset. And yet Mary has chosen, right, the good thing. Like in the midst of, she has lots of stuff to do, but what has she chosen to do? What does she believe? That at this moment, God is more important. Right? He's here. Mary has chosen the good part. And for us, I think this is one of the biggest ways that we can trust God in our everyday life. In a, in a culture that where we are only defined by, hey, what do you do? Right? And that gives you all meaning. That is an act, right, of rebellion to our culture that says, I don't need to do that. I actually can trust God in stopping. Justin Early says, the Sabbath is a whimsical rebellion against the idea that work is the only important thing in the world. Sabbath looks at the tired, overworked American and smiles with compassion, inviting us into a rhythm of renewal that we desperately need. Sabbath is a practical habit with no end of theological significance. Just as play is an exercise in looking forward to the kingdom to come, Sabbath rest is a firm reminder that the real work of the world has been finished in Jesus' death on the cross. We have much that God has called us to do, but we don't have anything to prove. When we develop family rhythms of rest, we model the truth of our salvation in real life, that we can rest because God has done his good work. That sounds amazing, right? And yet we're faced with the dilemma as like, man, that sounds good. How do I do that? So as we finish up, because I want to give you a couple minutes to um, tell us what you think. <clears throat> I want us to work um, through this, and then I'm going to give you kind of a practical starting, starting point. 
Right, the here I think is our biggest wrong assumptions about why I can't start engaging with this more consistently, okay? The first is that we, uh, that we assume that we have more time than we actually do, amen? <laughs> See, we work on a seven-day schedule, okay? That's our first mistake. That's my first mistake. You don't have seven days to get your work done. We read that somewhere in Scripture. How long do you have to get your work done? Six. That's where you start. Anybody a budgeter? Right? Anybody like finance? Marcus has a class. He's meeting in the closet right after. If you need, need some help, it's like an AA meeting. One of, the, one of the places that this uh, is going to start is when you think about budgeting, one of, the, uh, one of the principles of budgeting is what they call the 80-20 rule, right? Where 20% of your savings you put away, right? And 80% you live on. Now, if that, if that uh, kind of fires your brain, if that clicks in your brain as far as something that you can anchor into, I want you to think about as it relates to, uh, to work, that you don't have 100% of your money to spend, okay? You have 80%, all right? You don't have seven days a week to spend. You have six days. What does that do to us when we realize that that is the time that we have to work? That other time is not our money. That's how we think about savings, right, or should. That's not our money, right? 10%, I save 20%, 10% goes to the Lord, 20% just goes away to whatever the Lord needs it for. And what about our time? What if we started to think about our time like that? I don't have seven days. I have six days. How would that transform the way we look right at our lives? And that includes the laundry and the vacuuming and the grocery shopping and the homework. You're like, huh. How would we change differently? Because let's say you just took it away. We probably would do a few less things, amen? We also assume that we are owed me time or are called comp time, right? <laughs> I'm busy, busy, busy doing that stuff. Uh, I know that there's some other stuff I probably should be doing, but I've got some me time coming. <laughs> I've worked hard, and that is something that, that uh, I am owed. Right? Anybody else do that? I do this. I just need some, I'm going to do some things that I like doing here. Right? That's factored into my schedule. And more often than I like, there's a lot of me time. <laughs> Where I'm not accomplishing anything, I'm not resting, I'm literally just like, uh, I'm, I'm literally just kind of stealing time away because I, it's owed to me. And so I would encourage you as I have is that a, a good assumption. We don't think Sabbathing is possible. Man, that sounds great in a perfect world. I can see if I, somebody would order their life, man, more power to them. I'm so jealous. And yet, it'll never uh, come to me because I don't think it's possible. On six days, you shall do your work. That's all the time that you have. It is possible. And last is we don't think it, it'll make much difference. There's no reason for a question mark there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just trying to confuse you. 
we don't think it'll make much difference. Much of my encouragement today is I've had a long week and I have not practiced this well this week. Right, as the Lord telling me over and over this week, Rob, as you struggle this week in one of your busiest weeks of the year, I see over and over gently saying, you didn't trust me here. Like you know this, you're being reminded of this, you're trying to help articulate this to others, and yet I see you and you're not resting. And he's kind about it, but reminding me over and over again, Rob, why do you think that you get a pass on this? Because that's what we're all thinking. Everyone else should do this. I just can't fit it in. And what did Jesus tell the Pharisees? That we're not here to make God happy. He made the Sabbath for us. Man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. Because these are the things that we struggle with, and we have always struggled with, and we will always struggle with. That if you think of all the things that you can be an act of rebellion in this world and in this culture and in our country, this would be the thing that would set you apart more than anything. Because in that space, think about on that seventh day, if you were playing, if you weren't working, right, and you were reflecting on God's goodness, God's truth, spending time with him, what would that next six days look like, even looking forward? Like how much, when you spend time with good friends, when you do that girls weekend away, right, when you, Josh was telling me he had some buddies and they went skeet shooting down over the weekend, right, do you look forward to that? Right, whatever that looks like for you <laughs> to spend time with people that love you, that want to encourage you, that are looking forward to seeing you, that can't wait to see you again, Right, that this is the picture wrapping our heads just a little bit about what Sabbath means to God. And about how much he wants. So like, I see you during the day, but Sunday's our day. <laughs> I, really want, I, I really want you to really be filled up. Right, it's not I'm on E. I need to be, I need my tank full. I don't need to just kind of get through. Right? These are the ideas that we're pushing into with Sabbath. Exodus thirty-one seventeen is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he ceased from labor and was refreshed. Think about the things that refresh you, and re regardless of what you think, right, vegging on, uh, on TV is not restful and it is not refreshing. <laughs> we do it and we're good at it, but, if, but that's not what it is. What does it mean to actually be refreshed? I want you to, to, to think, really, when was the last time that I was like ready to go and had the perspective that I needed to have moving forward. That is what it means to be refreshed. The times that I have this most consistently is when I go uh, away for a weekend, 
typically a retreat weekend. Those are the times when I get the most refreshed because I'm bad at practicing Sabbath like you are. Right? Isn't that a cool thought that God was refreshed and that he wants us to be refreshed weekly? 21, you shall not work six days, you shall work six days and on seven days you shall rest. Even during plowing time and harvest you shall rest. Rob, even during welcome week, you've got to rest. Even at the start of school, you've got to rest. Even if X is not done, right, you've got to rest. God's rest is a rhythm of life that makes sense and is doable. And it is mimicking an eternal type of life. That This is, right, the rhythm that God himself has. Right, and this eternal type of life contains a rhythm that is eternally sustainable and sustains eternal things. So much of my struggle as a man, I've got a hard week this week. Man, I'm really struggling. What if you were working on your six days and on that seventh day, you were reflecting on what is most important, what God has done in your life, what he wants to do? What would that next week look like if I, that was the way that I started my week? Right, our struggle daily, right, is perspective. Who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Right, Sabbath sustains that and implies it and reminds you, right, who you are, what you're supposed to be about, and what you're supposed to do. When I have a more realistic view of what matters and what is reasonable, both in my work outside the home and within my relational and community responsibilities, I don't take on what I can't do well. Right? I recognize my need to operate within a community that works together for the same goals outside of ourselves and I don't seek to separate myself for my own purposes. Because I have this community that we're doing this together for a purpose, because we have a much bigger agenda for our lives. So as we turn, I just wanna uh, give you a few minutes uh, just to respond. So we started this this last week. What do you think? It's a real easy question, okay? I just want you to just, here's what I heard what do I think? Um, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll close this in just a minute. Give your thoughts to one another. All right. Well, thank you guys for... Um, uh, be attentive, and I hope uh, that uh, this was a helpful uh, reminder uh, to you. Um, be reminded of the, the they're, all, they're all gone. Um, Aaron, can you put back the, where it shows the, the squares again? One practical uh, thing is, for many as we're thinking about like a whole day, right? The, the, ancient, the most ancient practice is thinking about uh, a Sabbath day uh, from a sundown to a sundown. So it's basically 
how they would do it would be a Friday night, like dinner, to, but right before dinner the next time. So the dinner on, so if they had a Sabbath meal on Friday, right, the Sabbath would start then, okay, that evening and all through the day up until dinner time. Uh, and so that actually might be a little easier to wrap your head around that, like that I'm doing a night and a morning and then that next evening, say a Saturday night or whenever, uh, whatever that looks like for you, just a practical concern. But let me pray for us. Oh, Father, we confess to you um, that mostly we don't know how to rest or to stop. And Father, we ask uh, your forgiveness for that. And Father, we ask you to enter into our hearts and our minds individually, right, and start helping us grapple with uh, this commandment. I would say of all the, the commandments that were like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, this one we really see as like a suggestion uh, that's only for the most pious among us. And we really just can't wrap our heads around actually doing it. And so, Father, I pray that you would open our minds. Father, that you would help, that you would give us creativity to think and to, to ponder what it would look like to, uh, to obey this command. And Lord, I pray that others within our community, Lord, uh, would talk about this with us as well. Lord, that we could share in trying to rest more consistently, uh, not with ourselves, but with others. Lord, that the community that we share uh, can be a community that we enjoy on the time that we rest. And so, Father, that's not cheating. <laughs> that is what you ask us to do and is a part of what you ask us to do. And so, Lord, we ask these things in the name of your precious Son, knowing that as we obey you, that we will seek reward um, and learn and experience you in a different way than we ever have before. And we thank you for this time in Christ's name. Amen.